direct from Fort Meade, Maryland, this is Dinfos Live. Welcome back to another episode of Dinfos Live and Happy New Year. Speaking of New Year's, how many of you made New Year's resolutions? And if you did, how would you know if you were successful in fulfilling them? Well, as communicators, we make plans and resolutions, if you will, all the time through the communication planning process. And how we determine if our efforts were successful? Well, we do that by ensuring that we incorporate the evaluation techniques and tactics. Here this month to talk about how you can ensure success with your communication efforts is one of our awesome Denver's instructors, Captain Dave Morris. Sir, thanks for joining me on set. Thanks for having me, Captain. Awesome, another Marine set. Let's go ahead and uh, sit our <laughs> old Marine crew. Um, before we get really into it, I just want to have you give me a quick overview of who you are and what you do and got a little history of you. Yeah, absolutely, Chad. So I'm an instructor at the Defense Information School right across the street there. Specifically, I work in the Public Affairs and Communication Strategy Directorate. I'm a team lead. Shout out Team 2. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, prior to this, I was actually at San Diego State University. I was getting a uh, Master's in Mass Communication Media Studies. The Marine Corps, Navy, and Coast Guard has a program over there, where I also got my accreditation in public relations and military communication. Prior to uh, SDSU, I filled a variety of billets. I was a comstrat officer on a Marine Expeditionary Unit. Uh, I was a company executive officer, and I was actually also a foreign advisor in Iraq for a little while. That's awesome. That APR is handy. I'm glad to see that you got that yeah. good stuff. Also joining us in studio today, Lance Corporal Plissner. Um, thanks for helping us out today, and let's talk resolutions. Did, uh, did you make any? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, first off, happy to be here, and thanks for having me. I did make a resolution. It was to uh, volunteer more and give back to the community. Well, you got a good start. We're still in the first month and you're volunteering here to be the social media yes. moderator. So thanks for that. Hopefully we get your uh, questions. Um, please start asking those now and then I'll get things started and we'll go to you. Um, how about you, sir? You do any, uh, any resolutions in yourself? You know, I did, Chad. I did make one resolution. What's that? I said I was going to drink less. That's a good one. How's that going? Uh, it's pretty good. You know, I haven't had any water in about 26 days now. So. That is unhealthy. We have water <laughs> for you. Feel free Thank to you. help yourself. We're breaking resolutions right here on set. Is this filtered? Absolutely. Nothing oh. but the best for you. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, so we've had two episodes on the RPI, right? We started out with the overview, um, talked with the team uh, about the big concept of the whole process, and then we narrowed it down to um, you know, just the one um, portion of it, which was research, and we focused in, um, in on just that. Now we're going to skip to the end. Uh, we're going to talk about how we wrap it up and show, you know, if we, if we had an impact, right, move the needle. So in your words, if you could, just give me a broad stroke. What is the definition, I guess, of the evaluation process? Sure. So to put it really simply, evaluation is the process of determining whether our communication efforts were successful. So many times we request a lot of resources, time, uh, money, manpower from our bosses, from our fellow staff members. And it's on us to really show them that return on investment to then justify our seat at the table and tell them, this is what you will get from supporting me and my staff in our communication efforts. Perfect. So, so why do you think it's so necessary to quantify those, you know, the success or lack of success? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I've worked on several staffs before where people outside of public affairs, communication strategy, what we call ComStrat in the Marine Corps, mm -hmm. they tend to have a little bit of a difficulty understanding exactly what we bring to the table, right? So what our specific purpose is, really putting it in a quantifiable measures. And so by taking, uh, by evaluating our, our processes, our communication efforts, 
and putting them in statistical terms in data and math, we're speaking that universal language that we're all used to. We're speaking that universal language of math so that our other staff members, maybe the people who aren't too familiar exactly with the intricacies of what we're doing, can then understand why we're doing what we're doing, justifying our purpose there and our, our seat at the table, ultimately. Makes sense. How are we looking on social media? Anything over there? Uh, yes, we actually do have a couple of questions at the moment. Okay. I hate to jump right into it, um, but I've got a list of questions and I can't see them on my cheat yeah, teleprompter here. <laughs> so let's go to there and uh, we'll answer a couple of those and then I'll skip back. Of course. Uh, so Jim here asks, uh, is it important for your evaluative questions to mirror those asked in formative research? In other words, do you want to be asking the same questions in the E as you did in the R phase? That's a good one. What do you think? Absolutely. So. First off, I'll say, great question, Jim. Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that one. Uh, so what, what I'll say, Chad, is, is yes. So you want to, the purpose of doing that formative research and then that summative research at the end is to ultimately see the difference that your communication made. So you establish this baseline, you determine where you're at, and then throughout your planning and your implementation, you are creating, you're creating this plan to ultimately decide these knowledge, attitude, and behavior gaps that you need to fill in order to achieve your communication goal and thus your command goal. And so let's say you do a survey in the beginning of your plan during your initial research phase to determine baseline knowledge and baseline attitudes toward a specific subject. Well, you're gonna wanna keep that the same in the summit of research. And here's why. Any differences that you have in maybe how you ask questions on your survey, how you deliver it, who you deliver it to, can ultimately influence the responses that are on that survey. So you want to minimize any of that error or as much of that error as possible so that you can attribute all of the changes on your survey to as much to all of your communication as opposed to any outside confounding variables as we call them. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And so really it illustrates that none of these phases are independent. They really all play into each other and they need to be used as a as a group. It, exactly, Chad. It, it's it's a process. The RPI process, it's an entire process, and it only works if we're doing every phase of it. So we say that evaluation, typically, it's at the end, right? It's the E in RPI, so it's at the end. But evaluation is continuous throughout, and it starts at the beginning. It, is, it starts with, similar to how we just spoke about, establishing that baseline research to set yourself up for evaluation later on. And it's something we do throughout, too. So while we're implementing our tactics, right, the things, the outputs we are doing, the things, the actions that our section is putting out there, say press releases, social media mm -hmm. posts, press conferences, media interviews, we want to continually look at these and say, am I accomplishing these? Are, are these actually leading to these outcomes, to these knowledge, attitude, and behavior changes that we want to get to? And we look at those and we have to have some humility and say, okay, if these aren't getting to what I want to be at, I'm gonna do something called course correct. I'm gonna correct exactly what I'm doing so that I can get to those outcome-based objectives that I want to get to at the end of the plan. Makes sense. Yeah, don't have too much pride that you, that you mm -hmm. don't accept that it, that it has to flex a little bit. That's good. Um, so what are, what are some of the key strategic thinking skills, I guess, that people need? Yeah, um, so I'll start off with the one I just mentioned. Humility is big. You have to be able to look at your plan while you're actually evaluating it, while you're implementing it, and say, okay, what I'm doing right now isn't working. Yes, I had all this research. Yes, I created this beautiful plan. But clearly this tactic, these social media posts, these video testimonials I'm putting out there, they're not working. They're not reaching my stakeholders. I got to take a piece of humble pie, 
Not too much, though, because you know, we have New Year's resolutions where we might want to be getting a little healthier. <laughs> right. And we got to say, okay, how can I course correct? How can I correct this so that I can reach those outcomes while there's still time? And the second skill I would really say is the analytical thinking. And here's why. Evaluation isn't necessarily, it, it's not easy, right? It's not very straightforward. This is why historically we've had trouble really implementing this, especially in the Department of Defense, because it takes a lot of effort. It takes some thought process to actually build a survey, to implement it, to do it correctly, to then take all of that, analyze it, and present those results to whoever needs to see them. So having that ability to look at the entire situation, pick out piece by piece what we need to do and what we need to measure, and then analyzing and presenting it is key to actually, imp to actually evaluating and determining the success of your plan. Makes sense. What did, what, so we talk a lot about like success, um, right? And you want it all to work, but what are some reasons why, I guess a communication plan would fail? You know, there's a few reasons that communications would fail. First off is your most active stakeholders, they, they might be seeking information uh, in other places. So they might not actually see your messages. And so if they can't see your messages, then you can't change their knowledge, attitude, and behavior. So it's important during that formative research phase to really look at channel selection and channel preferences for your stakeholders to determine the best ways to reach them so you don't run into this problem while you're implementing the plan and then have to readjust and course correct as much. Makes sense. Another reason that it could fail is that maybe your stakeholders are interpreting messages differently than how you intended. So let's say I am sending a message out to my stakeholders. I, as the sender, am sending out a message to my stakeholders who are the receiver. Anything that gets in the way of those receivers understanding and interpreting that message exactly how I want them to is what we call in the industry noise. This could be physical noise, right? Maybe they actually can't hear the message. Maybe there's a, a cultural difference in how they are interpreting those. But that's something that we'll see and that we can possibly mitigate in our stakeholder and public analysis in the beginning phases of the RPI process. Another reason, sometimes objective objective information and counter arguments, they're simply just not enough to change people's opinions on a matter. And I would say the final reason that communication plans will typically fail is that people might avoid or reject our messaging, right? Confirmation bias. If people are strong-willed about a certain opinion or about a certain topic, they might only seek information that is in line with what they currently believe. So if they see something differently, they might just completely avoid it and then they're not getting our message at all. Right, okay. So some of the terms um, that I see you know, used with this process are outcome uh, and output. Is there a difference between those two? You know what, there's actually a huge difference. And so I'll start with outputs. These are the things we do with our hands and our feet. These are the actions we're taking, the specific tactics, typically what we call them. Examples of outputs would be press releases that we put out, uh, media interviews that we conduct, press conferences that we conduct, social media posts that we put out there. Now, these are things, these are tasks that we're doing in order to accomplish a strategy. Now, we can't just measure these outputs as success for our, our plan. Here's why. If we put out 30 social media posts, that's great and all, and, and we, you know, we probably did our job, but did it really have any effect? Did it have any impact on the people that we're looking to talk to? Maybe no one that we wanted to see it saw it, and there's no knowledge change, there's no attitude mm -hmm. change. So while those are good to measure and they're good to keep track of, 
They're not the entire picture when it comes to evaluation. Then we have outcomes. And outcomes are the, the real impacts that we want. They're the knowledge, attitude, and behavior change that we are seeking in our stakeholders. Now, why are we seeking these? Because during our baseline research, we have established that there is a gap. There is a gap in our stakeholders, whether it be in their knowledge, attitude, or behavior, that we need to change, that we need to either increase or decrease any one of those three aspects in order to get them to a point to where we are reaching our ultimate communication goal and thus our command goal. So the outcomes are those knowledge, attitude, and behavior changes. Those are more so what we are looking to measure in order to determine the impacts of our communication plan, the, uh, the larger, more strategic aspect of it. Okay, perfect. So I think we've got several online questions. We're gonna shift over to, um, to the crowd out there because that's really who we wanna answer those questions for. So let's go Plisner, over to you uh, for some questions. Of course, uh, we do have some more questions. Um, Mallory here asks if uh, you have any recommendations for how a small unit with few resources can conduct an evaluation. Hey, from a Marine unit, you got to know that one. So that's, <laughs> you know, absolutely. And, and I'll say very good question, Mal. Thank you very much for asking that. Um, I, I, I've, I've experienced this. I, I really have experienced this. I've been in that small unit. Uh, I've been part of three man teams. I've been part of 10 man teams. And we're, a lot of times we're, we're limited on the resources we have. We're limited in the time that we have. And I'll say this, evaluation, it's scalable. So while we want to measure the outputs and the outcomes of our plans and our efforts, we have to ultimately, we, it's situational based. We have to take the situation that we're in and decide what is the most important or what do we actually need to brief. And, and there is actually a couple of different ways that we can do this. For example, we can do informal interviews with people. We, we can wait outside uh, somebody's office or as people walk into the building, we can give them a quick poll, right? And we can write this down. Is it the most scientifically rigorous? No, but will it help form our research and our evaluation and let us determine success? Sure, absolutely. Uh, another thing we have is a content analysis. So you'll, you'll kind of see this with media assessments. You'll see a media roll up after an exercise and mm -hmm. you'll say, okay, there, this many articles talked about our message here. Uh, you know, 30% of our article of articles were positive, 60% were negative, 10% were neutral. This is something that we can do for free, this content analysis. All it involves is looking at uh, whatever we determine our unit analysis to be. So say it's like, uh, say it's news articles over a certain amount of time on a certain subject. And we can do this right via Google News or there's much more advanced uh, software out there and mm -hmm. databases. We can look at those and we can just develop a simple coding process where we record, okay, this has more positive negatives, positive messages than negative. Okay, this is a positive message. This is a positive article, let me move on. And you do that for all the articles in a given time frame. So it's, it's pretty scalable to what we actually need for the, for the requirements of our unit. Cool, I've seen that live in action in Norway. Shout out to uh, probably Lieutenant Colonel now, uh, Kendra Motes. Mm. Uh, yes, yes. Did yeah. an awesome job, and that was a full-time job for her. Uh, honestly, to, to do that analysis um, to brief up higher. Um, Absolutely. It's by no means quick. And this is why evaluation becomes intimidating to people because we look at this and we say, oh man, this is going to take a lot of time. I don't have the, resource, the resources for it, or I don't necessarily see the worth in spending my, uh, my man hours on this. And what I'll say is this, the, the effort you're going to put in to actually do this is going to pay you a lot more dividends moving forward. And here's why. This evaluation for, let's say, your first plan, is it going to provide you further justification for more resources and more manpower on your next plan? 
And so this process almost becomes predictive to, when, to where you can say, hey, look, I did this on this plan. These tactics worked, right? This is what my evaluation told me. I want to do something similar on this plan. Here's my justification from my previous plan. And then hopefully your commander says, okay, yes, I did see this work. That makes sense. Go forth and do wonderful things. Yeah. Not to mention the training aspect for your unit to help them understand why the process is and how they can do better next time too. So Absolutely. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think we've got more. Let's take another one if you've got one online. Of course. So Scott asks, should we provide our own assessment and evaluation to commanders or should we be one part of a larger and more holistic assessment of the information environment that shows effects for the military objectives? Okay. Very, very good question, <laughs> Scott. I, and I'll say this, it kind of is going to go back a little <clears throat> bit to Mallory's question. It's going to be a little situational dependent. The way the military is moving, we want to incorporate with the other information related capabilities, the other IRCs. And I have collaborated with them. And painting that holistic picture is, is the ideal point for a commander. It, it, ideally, they have the more minds, the better. They have different perspectives, diverse opinions that are all contributing to whatever this product or this evaluation uh, brief is to the commander. So I would say ideally, but a lot of times you're not going to have that, right? You're not going to have those resources. You're not going to have those other information-related capabilities there. So I would say... When you do things like this, whether you're a comstrat officer, public affairs, or even if you're another information-related capability, keep what you do and share it with those people because maybe you're not the one that's coordinating the entire information operations effort, but if you can provide this to the person who is, then they can build the situational awareness and then maybe they provide the holistic evaluation to the commander. Sure. No, it makes perfect sense. They have more? Uh, there was uh, one more question here okay. that we have at the moment. Um, Someone's just asking if you're able to talk more about the SMART objectives. Yes, absolutely. So when we say, we say goals, we say objectives, what are all these? Let me start with a goal. A goal is a, a summative end state that you want. So the way I like to tell my students and people that I talk to about this, so I'll tell you, Chad, is a goal is imagine closing your eyes and you have completed your entire plan, right? Everything worked out perfectly. What does the situation look like around you? So this is the broad summative statement describing that end state. Well, how do we get there? So the steps we get there are through our objectives. Now these objectives are outcome-based, right? These talk about changing the knowledge, attitude, and behavior that we spoke a little bit about earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, how do we write these so that they are measurable, so that, we are, so that they are those specific steps? We use the acronym called SMART, and that stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relative, or uh, so yeah, relevant and time-bound. So we want to make sure that we're including that specific change that we're looking for, maybe increasing knowledge from 10% to 40%, or increasing the amount of people that use a base service from 10 a month to 100 a month. And we want to specify that end date. Well, why do we want to specify the end date? Because that's when we start looking at whether or not we hit that objective, whether or not we got that outcome that we are looking for. Makes sense. Is, is that the last one we have online, or do you have any more? Uh, at the moment, we don't have anything else from online. Okay. And we encourage you, please, um, you know, if you're out there, send in your questions, because that's really what we want to get at. You know, the, the premise of the show is to go beyond the classroom. So, you know, a person could come to the schoolhouse and take a class, and you're going to go away with a basic working knowledge, right, and a good, solid foundation. Mm -hmm. The idea of the show is, you know, basically to, to go beyond that and, and let you guys dive deeper and, and reach a, you know, a wider audience and a, and a much larger swath. Um, 
you know, without physically coming here for a whole course. So we always encourage, you know, the questions to be sent in, um, get them online or follow up afterwards, you know, send your questions um, in, the, in the text and, and we can follow up that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. In, in the meantime, I have a, a, I think we can kind of relate this uh, evaluation to the time we're at in the year right now. So we have New Year's resolutions, right? We talked about it. I, I said I was drinking less, right? Except for the sip of water I just took. I'm doing pretty good for the month so far. Uh, a lot of people talk about getting healthier, right? This is a pretty common New Year's resolution that we see. And so let's, let's, Let's walk through this. Somebody says that, okay, my goal is that I wanna get healthier by the end of 2022. So over 2022, I'm gonna implement a plan to get healthier. So at first they say, okay, what is healthier? Well, I'm gonna establish a baseline. I wanna, I'm gonna track my weight, my body mass index, my BMI, my heart rate, my resting heart rate, uh, and my blood pressure. And their objectives are to you know, decrease their BMI, decrease their weight, uh, decrease their resting heart rate, mm -hmm. and all this stuff. So let's fast forward to the end of the year, and it's December 31st, 2022. And now that they, they've already done all their baseline uh, statistics, their baseline research, they've implemented their entire plan, and they're at the end here. So they're evaluating that outcome. Well, let's look and what if they say, oh, I didn't hit my goal. You know, I gained weight. My body mass in index increased. My resting heart rate has increased. Well, what happened? Well, now you have to look through an entire year and you have to figure out what went wrong. You know, maybe, it's, maybe it was Brenda's wedding in February where you were crushing the all-you-can-eat buffet yes, multiple sir. times a day. That's <laughs> me. I'm the guy that goes into a buffet and is saying, okay, I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm going to get this person's money worth and this person's <laughs> money's worth, even though I'm not paying for this. That's right. me. Maybe it was Teddy's bachelor party in Vegas where you only slept two hours. And maybe you did this throughout the year. Well, how can, you, how can you tell what exactly was it that went wrong? You, you necessarily can't. You can't attribute it to any specific event. And so if you evaluate it continually, maybe at the end of every month, instead of just at the end of the year, you can say, oh, okay, February, I was good, but March, I gained weight, and that was, okay, that was Teddy's bachelor party. Mm -hmm. So it's important to kind of evaluate while you're going through this plan because then you can do that course correct thing that we were talking about earlier. Right. So I think we do now have a couple more online questions. Uh, we'll get to those and then I think we'll, we'll wrap up soon unless we get some more to come in. So over to you to, uh, for those online questions. Of course, uh, we do have a couple more online questions. Uh, first off, sir, uh, your sister Gabby says hello and says you're doing a great job. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Hi, Gabby. <laughs> and then we do have a question from Kip. He's asking, uh, how fluent should how fluent should the valuation be? Can it help counter myths and disinformation? So I, I, I'd say yes, right? I, as far as how fluent evaluation should be, I would say that it, it's going to be as fluent as you can possibly make it. Not everyone there is going to be an expert on how to do a survey, how to do a content analysis. But while you're doing that content analysis, while you're while you're while you're evaluating your publics, you're evaluating your efforts, you can include in there looking for that mis and disinformation. So maybe if you think that mis and disinformation was something to be concerned with during your plan, maybe you incorporate that into your survey. Maybe you do some checks in there to see if Marines can, or any service member, soldiers, airmen, sailors, can even identify mis and disinformation. Put some examples in there. I've done that before to determine their literacy in being able to determine that. 
maybe when you're doing that content analysis and you put a keyword in, you want to do, you want to search every article over a two month period that has to do with United States Army, you see what's out there and you look at the source and you say, okay, this source that's clearly from a, uh, this, this article from a non-reputable source is one, of the, is one of the most viewed articles, is one of the most viewed topics, talked about topics mm -hmm. during this time frame. So clearly this mis and disinformation had a play in our communication plan. How can we look to mitigate this for the next time? And this is where that predictive aspect comes into the evaluation, where the next time, now knowing from your previous communication plan that mis and disinformation is a factor, you can plan for that in your planning. Right, and watch for it and evaluate as you go through it. Exactly. Yeah, no, and I think a lot of the big, like large scale exercises are doing that now. Yeah. Um, but it could be incorporated right at a local air show or something as well. Oh, absolutely, and, and that's, that's the good thing with evaluation. It's, it's completely scalable, it can be whatever you want. If you wanna look at news articles, you can look at broad international, uh, major national news sources, mm -hmm. or you could look at your, lo your local paper and, and that mis and disinformation, we'll see that at all levels of that. It's just about identifying it and then seeing that it's there and planning for it for the next time to make sure it doesn't happen again. This is why evaluating lets us constantly improve uh, personally and as a unit and ultimately as a military. Right. I think we've got one more online. Um, uh, we'll, we'll take that. Do you have one more question yes. out there? Okay. Yes, we do have one we'll more online. Uh, Daniel is asking, how can we prevent our evaluation methods from being too broad or too limited? Good question, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thinker. <laughs> yeah, good question. I'm thinking about the, uh, the best way to actually address this. So it's important to actually tie it to that objective. So you want to create what we call a measure of effectiveness. And the measure of effectiveness, it pretty much is tracking the system change, uh, the effects that we're looking for. So you create an objective, right? You want to increase somebody's knowledge. Then you create a measure of effectiveness or a MO to where you're matched to that specific objective. And so if you're tracking and you're evaluating those three objectives, you're then able to in summation say whether or not you hit your actual goal. And that's where kind of think the analytical thinking aspect of this comes in is what's the best way to determine if I achieve these impacts, these knowledge, attitude, or behavior and uh, impacts. And I'll, I'll tell you some good examples are whenever you have knowledge or uh, attitude, changes that you're looking for, a survey is a great method, a poll, interviews, that's, that's a great method to specify down to a certain level exactly what you're looking to achieve, right? We wanna change our knowledge about people's, uh, Dymphos's mission, right? We ask 50 people uh, about Dymphos's mission before we begin our plan. We find out that no one knows what it is. At the end of our plan, we give them the same exact survey and we find out that 50 people now know what Dymphos's mission is. So we're able to determine that there is a knowledge change there and we attribute it to our communication plan. So I would just make sure that when you're actually doing your communication plan, you want to tie everything together. It all flows succinctly and it's supposed to be aligned. So match your measures of, of effectiveness to your objectives. Okay. So this is another term uh, that we, you know, we talked about a little earlier, um, the Barcelona um, principles? Yes. Or Barcelona, if you've yeah, been Barcelona. to Spain. Yeah, Barcelona, yes. <laughs> um, yes. Can you tell me a little bit about those? Can you explain that? Yes, absolutely. So uh, I've actually been to Barcelona before. I wasn't invited to this conference, but uh, I, I went, you know, about... Crash a party? Yeah, maybe Sounds about like eight you. years. Yeah, I tried to knock. <laughs> they, they didn't let me in the door. It was fine. I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, 
So Barcelona principles were first created in 2010, and they're now in their third iteration. They were just revised in uh, 2020. This is when a bunch of PR professionals, uh, industry leaders got together in Barcelona and they said, okay, we need to create universal doctrine in a way uh, for evaluating communication plans and efforts. And they created seven principles. And we, you can pretty easily just Google them and see what the Barcelona principles are. But some important aspects of them are that you have to evaluate both traditional and social media, right? Don't just leave the traditional media in the, uh, out of the loop despite our now often prevalence of social media, especially in our communication plans. Uh, another thing is that we want to track both those outputs and those outcomes, right? So we want to evaluate those tactics that we're doing while also evaluating the outcomes. And a third one that I'll bring up is you want to do this all ethically, right? There's, there's a certain amount of ethics with it, and it's always involved when you're doing data analysis and you're presenting information to people. You don't want to evaluate your plan and see that you didn't hit your goal, you didn't hit your objectives, and then kind of fudge the numbers or a bit or present it in a way that makes it seem like you didn't do that. You're not helping yourself, and there's a pretty significant ethical violation with mm -hmm. actually doing that. And you're, not, you're also not helping the, uh, the, the field at all. So ethics are a pretty big part of actually evaluating and telling the truth with that and projecting it in a way that is cognizant of what you actually did. Makes sense. Yeah. So you, you'll see how we kind of tie all these shows together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna refer back to Pavilion. As I understand, a lot of this is on there. And you mentioned it earlier in one of your answers, you talked about share, you know, share that information. And as I understand how Pavilion works, is you actually, you can take something you've done and as a you know, proof source and you can upload it or add it to Pavilion. Um, how much information on this, you know, on the RPI as a whole, and then the evaluation specifically uh, is on Pavilion? And I think we'll get, we got a link uh, that we'll put up for you, lower third here. Um, but can you talk to that a little bit? Do you know? Absolutely. So Pavilion is a great resource uh, put out by the Defense Information School, and it gives a lot of good knowledge on pretty much all aspects of public affairs, mass communication, uh, gets down nitty-gritty, and it talks a lot about the RPI process. I would say it's a very good resource for you to first go to and get familiar with the RPI process. And we'll talk about uh, how they all flow together. And then from there, you can kind of see for yourself where you need to go. So I would recommend that anybody first starts with Pavilion. And, and there's a link in the chat that we're, that we're putting out there. That, that, that should be your first place to go to to get that basic entry-level information. And there are some uh, advanced and intermediate concepts in there. But at least start out there and get familiar with what exactly is required for evaluation and, in fact, all aspects of RPI. Okay. Yeah, I know it's a wealth of, you know, information out there. I just wondered if you had, you know, some specifics. So that's very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've answered most of the online questions. I've, I've gotten to the ones that I wanted to ask you about, and I know we've, been, we've covered a lot of material. Is there anything that we've missed or anything you want to um, you know, drive home to the audience uh, or someone who may watch the you know, episode later? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I'd like to say, hi, Gabby. Thanks again for uh, yeah, s submitting that question. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, the second thing I'll say is that evaluation, it seems intimidating at first, right? Conducting surveys, the content analysis, the resources that this requires, like everything involved in it, all the science, the data, it, this can seem overwhelming. Maybe you don't know how to do this. Maybe you don't have the resources. But what I'll say is the dividends that this will pay you later on are going to be huge. They're gonna be really important for you. 
And if we want to speak that language of the other staff officers, of anyone outside of command, this universal language of research and justification and data and, and math and statistics, we need to conduct this evaluation in order to quantify our efforts and show, hey, look, here's objective reasoning for why I deserve a seat at the table and I should be included in this planning and that I should get all these resources. Yeah, facts are hard to refute. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, when you come down to it. Mm -hmm. So, otherwise, it just comes off as an opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it worked. Well, why? So, I, I appreciate all the information um, that you've given. I think we've got one more. We'll do that online, and then I think we'll wrap it up. Um, so, over to you, uh, Lance Corporal. Uh, let's see. Do, yeah, do, no, do you have that, one? That, he's yeah, he's saying he doesn't have any, uh, and I actually don't. I don't have any either. Um, so, I think we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up. I, I do appreciate um, your time coming in here today. Uh, it was pretty awesome. And again, yeah. um, people might, you know, uh, send a question afterwards. And so you can you can get online and sure. answer it there or the, or your team. Uh, yeah, I'll be I standing understand. by. Absolutely. Perfect. Lance Corporal um, Plesner, thank you so much uh, for helping out, uh, do, reading the questions and the uh, online moderating. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, folks, um, we hope you enjoyed this month's episode. Uh, you can check out all the past episodes on YouTube and the Divids Media Hub at the URLs uh, in the chat and also in the episode description. There'll be a lot of information there as well. Next month, Denfos Live is going to air on February 23rd, and we're going to feature one of the Defense Information School's graphic design subject matter experts. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and on LinkedIn to learn more about that. And until then, good luck with your New Year's resolutions and happy evaluating. Bye, folks. That's our show.